Welcome back to another episode of Hobby Time in the Murder Basement, where today we get to sit down and talk with Gavin Norman from Necrotic Gnome, the creator of Old School Central's, my personal favorite tabletop RPG rule set. We have a fantastic conversation. Stick around, like, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for being here. Gavin, dude, uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me today yeah, in the murder basement. I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes to get kind of like familiar with the format, but essentially we're in it. We're we're already talking, and uh, awesome. and we just we 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 converse about uh, our hobbies and our mutual love for everything uh, imaginative and creative and inspiring. So uh, if right. it, it Gavin is not totally my normal guest. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention to the OSR RPG scene, he is one of the like the leaders of the pack, just blazing, Whoa. you know, great <laughs> new trails through like and bringing in people like me who've never ever really resonated with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, with uh, you know, uh, re the kind of the re uh, imagination of the original Dungeons and Dragons rule sets in the old school essential stuff. So. Gavin Norman, uh, necrotic gnome. Everybody should know you. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I, I was, I was in the middle of like one of the worst depressions last year when uh, I finally decided to get back into uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and it was seeing a review of Old School Essentials. Oh, wow, and, awesome. and I, and I, I was like, Oh, that sounds, that sounds like something that I would like to do again. That sounds yeah. really, uh, uh, special as like, it's simplified, you know, racist class, not a whole lot of, uh, fussy rules or things for the, uh, mm. dungeon master to keep track of. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I went to buy it, it was sold out everywhere. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. I can, and, I can imagine probably the time that was when you, yeah, we were having some big shipping problems and you know how things went last year, basically yeah. generally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then right after that, covid hit which messed everything right. up even yeah. more yeah. and, and yeah, so exactly. like being here in the states with exalted funeral that was like i, I put in my pre-order for when mm. it got here and then like that that was a slow ship across the atlantic yeah exactly we we kind of we kind of had this ship of like i can't remember several thousand copies of the game coming from europe to the us to exalted funeral and then covid hit and then, you know, all, all ports all over the world were like closed up, like massive checks on everything. So it took, I think it took a few months to get there in the end, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What but can you do? I, I mean, like I managed to score one of, one of these bad boys. I got the original oh, black yes. box, which is awesome. Ooh. And, awesome. uh, and you know, of course, like. I, I, for me, I, I use the, uh, you know, the, yeah. the game, the rules tome as like the main yeah. thing, but it's so nice having like this, like shelf ready box. And every time I see something like yeah. dungeon craft and it's in the background on the shelf, I'm just like, <laughs> I need that box. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So yeah, I mean, when when it came to making the game, I was like, well, I'm going to do it all in one book because that's what a lot of people want. But like, totally, I'm going to make a box set as well. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just a kind of like nerd fantasy, isn't it? A box set. So <laughs> well, and, and when you have like them laying out, and you know, especially if like you're looking at like designing a game and designing mm. a dungeon or a scenario just being able to like have the treasures and stuff like that out separate where you're not like yeah, flipping through yeah. a book it's actually really nice and like way yeah, nicer totally. than i thought it was going to be mm, yeah i find that the box set as well is really good for doing what no one really is doing at the moment but if you're playing physically with a group in the same room that like you can hand out the different books to different players you know if you you as the DM can keep the monster book, you know, you can hand the spell book to the player playing the wizard, whatever, you know, so that's a pretty I, cool advantage of it as well. I always hope that the spell player, the people who have like the weird stuff, I wish that they would invest into the books, but it feels like DMs are the ones who have to invest into everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I got talking it's with a friend. Now, is it? Well, he, I have a friend who's... um musician buddy and he's like dude i'm playing dungeons and dragons again i was like cool what are you playing and he's like dungeons and dragons i was like fifth edition <laughs> yeah. 3.5 old school what are you doing and he's like i have a set of dice <laughs> i'm like i fucking hate you right now <laughs> yeah. like i'm playing whatever the dm has <laughs> right yeah. yeah what did you play back in the day then like you said you'd you wanted to get back into playing dnd so i have a really horrible history with D&D. And I am always shocked to hear when people have these beautiful, my dad played it with me. You know, we did these right. things like these like really romantic stories. Mm. And I don't have that. Uh, in high school, I was always a video game guy. I love the stories. Mm. Um, I thought I was going to be, uh, um, you know, a musician and a writer. And I realized that all my books that I was writing were actually like just D&D scenarios, just... Right. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea that that's what I was doing, uh -huh. um, but I never had the the guts to be the DM. And so I always was like putting these groups that were like kind of like edge lordy. You know, they mm -hmm. like there was right. one where like they were mad at me because I wanted to be a gnome. I was like, I just want to be a fucking gnome. Like, let me be <laughs> tiny. Let me have a little knife. It'll be fun. Like, and and they yeah, were like, let me have a pointy hat. Yeah, well, and and they were they like there was just this whole thing that like if you're not min maxing the gameplay, then right. the scenario doesn't work. And mm -hmm. and and that would have been maybe three point five, maybe. Yeah, I was saying it sounds like maybe yeah yeah and and so like i just bounced off that group and and we mm. all kind of had a falling out after i was just like you guys are no fun like no fun no fun is here <laughs> and then yeah. my second chance to try to get into it i got invited into a group that had been playing D, &D for 11 years they had had an 11 oh, year cool. campaign oh, it was nice. amazing amount they show me like these books of art and all like they told me these <laughs> stories i was like this is going to be so cool and then I realized that the the girl who invited me into the group kind of had a crush on me and the DM had a crush on her. And so he started punishing her in oh. the game, even to the point where he had her character raped in the game, Whoa. which is what? really morbid and disgusting. And I was just like, 
oh, this is something like, I'll go back to Final Fantasy. Thank you. Like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I didn't come okay. back for, you know, almost mm. 20 years. So here we are, I'm almost right. 40. And now I like love RPGs and, uh, and collecting OSR stuff has really been a, a passion of mine. And, uh, and your vision has been something that has resonated with me and been like, why didn't, like, I just didn't know and there was no resource for me. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. So, so what, what is your history? Like, how, how does someone go, especially in the era of fifth edition and how prolific Dungeons and Dragons is, and, you know, and while yeah. OSR is around, you really just like ran the other direction instead of like trying to like make it cute and make your own thing. You're like, you know what? I am perfecting the, the, mm. the ax that was already there. This thing already cuts. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it better. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you do that? I mean, like for, for me, I started out in the eighties playing basic expert D and D. So I started with the mentor sets, like the, the red box classic box, which like loads of kids got for Christmas and birthdays in the eighties. Um, that was me. Um, so played played that for like a decade or so. Then second edition came out at some point. AD and D second edition got into that in the nineties. Um, then I had a gap for a while. Like you know, I went to university and was interested in like other stuff for a while. Like sure. trying to get away from the nerdy role playing <laughs> hobby. <laughs> um, and then just like in my thirties. I just happened to find my old books again and was like, oh, cool. Okay, maybe I can take this in a different direction now. So I got, got back into it, um, started playing with some friends. Um, and then, like, I got really into um, – I had a sort of embarrassing phase of being heavily into house ruling and, like, hacking different rule sets, um, <laughs> you know, sp spending, like, you know, maybe, like, three hours playing – and like a hundred hours hacking rule sets, sure. which like after a while I realized like okay wait 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 what am I doing like <laughs> this is about playing a game you know I'm not my hobby isn't making a rule set, um, so that's when I kind of got into the OSR and found like you know I went back to the original games I was playing the Basic Expert and found online that there was a lot of other people who were into these old editions as well. Um, you know, mainly on the blogs at that time. So sure. I started up a blog and started, you know, posting stuff about my like campaigns I was writing, adventures I'd run. Um, and yeah, just kind of from there, like, I guess that experience of having been through this big phase where I was trying to tweak and house rule and hack everything, and then coming back to the simple, like, basic expert D&D, &D, you know, pretty much rules as written. Yeah. For me, that that was the kind of big transition that I saw that, like, you know, a lot of people get sucked sucked into this kind of house ruling constantly. Um, but the the game itself is, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's perfect. Of course, every game has kind of little things you can tweak and modify. <laughs> sure. But it, it's it's a game that is very polished in its own right, and you don't, you know, it doesn't need like really heavy house ruling. Um, yeah. And so I just I just came back to that as like this is what I love and this is what I want to kind of promote, you know. Sure. Well and the the house the house rules thing's really interesting to me. Like um I don't know if you have paid any attention to um uh Carmichael, C Mike Pro. He um he does Fables of Refuge on uh 
uh, Twitch and YouTube where it's live action mm. RPG stuff. He showed right. me his books for his house hacks and his tables and his things that he's doing. Right. And they're like, it's inspiring. It's so inspiring, uh, but it's also yeah. exhausting. I'm like looking at it and I'm mm. like, yeah. dude, you know what? If you have to look through a book in the middle of a game to slow it down, like that kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. you need to I just mean, be able to be like, yes, anding the entire time. Yeah, and yeah, then if totally, you did it yeah. wrong, you change it the next time. Who cares? <laughs> this is something I noticed as well when I was in my phase of running these hacks that like, you know, talking, trying to run the game for my players. Like they would all be sitting there with their rule book of whatever game we were like notionally playing. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, but you know, here's, here's all these sheets of different house rules and there's this wiki I've made that you can look stuff up on, and it, you know, it's just a nightmare. Like for them, they just, they just couldn't follow what were, what were actually the rules of the game we were playing. Sure. Um, so yeah, just from a play perspective, it wasn't fun, you know. Right. <laughs> right. So when did you start like uh, coming up with the idea of like writing scenarios for Dungeons and Dragons? Were you were you a writer before and got into this idea of making scenarios? Like as I as I was lo- like looking through Wormskin here, um, yeah. like and and the Dolmenwood stuff, I was like, this is mm. really like it may be very loose in the idea here, but it is mm. so like it's it's spiritually so tied to that like creative like i'm giving people the sandbox to work with and and right. not not forcing them to work in rules like there's mm. something about the, the this whole series that is like to me like again super inspiring and and it it strikes me as someone who has realized that this is probably something i pr- should have paid a lot more attention to like how did you get mm. into that because it to me i'm like fascinated by it yeah um i mean i i don't have a background in writing at all um in terms of like you know writing stories or whatever mm-hmm. um i mean i guess in in terms of D, like even as a kid from the beginning i was like writing my own adventures like i never ran any any published adventures um so actually someone was asking me recently what what is your favorite like bx adventure from back in the day and I was thinking, and I was like, mm, "Actually, I've never run any of them, so like, <laughs> I can't. I can't actually claim to have a favorite one because I've never played any of them." <laughs> um, That's amazing. So I, I guess, yeah, just just from that, you know, having from eight years old, like, completely made up everything myself. Um, somehow, that was just my kind of background in the game. So when it came to getting back into old school D&D, that was just like my default kind of mindset, you know, create my own world, create my own adventures, sure. you know, create my own spells and new classes and whatever. So is there any of Dolmenwood, uh, Dolmenwood that has uh, carried on from your eight-year-old adventures? Like, is this like something that has been like part of your mythology your entire life? Actually, no. It would it would be really awesome if I would say yes, but no. There's no. I can't. I can't actually even remember anything about my campaigns from back then. The the only thing I remember right is that I had this huge map. Like I don't know. To a child, it was huge anyway. Like you know, I got like sheets of paper and taped them all together, <laughs> like hex paper, and like you know, it was this huge thing and covered it in hexes. Um, I don't remember anything about what the what the actual setting was though. So. <laughs> 
I, yeah, I wish I'd love to find that map. I guess it's gone probably, but you know, there's so many weird things like that out of our childhood. And like, I, you know, I don't have hardly anything from like pre, uh, like high school, like, because uh, right. I, I did a, a stint of five years living in camp trailers. And, uh, mm. if it, if it just wasn't something imp- important yeah, to have around, it just was gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Oh, you did a great <laughs> job, honey. Throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks. But like, you know, I, I'm looking through all like my old magic cards and stuff. I just send them to my nephew because like I'm never gonna play all this old old stuff yeah, again. Uh, and uh, and his girlfriend, you know, he's 13 years old. She's way into magic. I'm like, dude, impress her with some of this like fourth edition <laughs> Arabian Nights yeah. stuff. She's gonna think you're fly as hell. But like, I drew all these little pictures on my card boxes and stuff. And I'm a shitty artist, but like, I like this is this is the only art I have from being 12 years old. Is <laughs> these weird right. little card boxes. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm struck by like the format of, uh, you know, the worm skin stuff that you did. And, uh, and, and I love the idea of like every like quarter or something coming out with a new book and expanding it. And, uh, but like you have been teasing us for a really long time that, uh, Dolmenwood is going to be, um, uh, like three books, I think is what you said. You're going to yeah. compile everything, yeah. rework it, three books, new yeah. art, um, how is that process coming? Um, yeah, it's now it's going really well. Um, I mean, this this was actually right at the beginning of the Dolmenwood project, like before Wormskin even, before the first issue of Wormskin. That was kind of the vision to release a setting as, you know, one, two, three, whatever, hardcover books. Um, and the zine was just a kind of first step to kind of get moving with the project. Um, so yeah, I mean there was eight issues of Wormskin, and I think the last one was 2017-ish, something like that. Quite a something few years there. back now. Um, Winter 2018. <laughs> okay, right there we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then BX Essentials and Old School Essentials came along, which obviously took a lot of my time and effort away from continuing with Dolmenwood. Um, but now, now I'm kind of mostly focused on Dolmenwood again. Um, so I'm, I'm running a Patreon actually where people can, um, see the kind of get chunks of content every month, which is the latest stuff I'm working on, um, building up to publishing these three books. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's progressing really well now. Like it's been a long time of figuring out what kind of format I want, like how I want to structure the stuff. And how I want to lay out the pages, you know, like the hex descriptions say, um, I finalized on this format of one hex per page. And you have like a little mini map at the top that shows you the hex in the context of where it is. Um, so it was, it was a lot of work in, in that kind of prepar- preparatory sense, like just figuring out sure. how to get this huge amount of information, how to <laughs> format it, how to present it. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got that all figured out now. So now it's just a case of writing everything, <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, sure. yeah. which, so, is, which is going well now. So how, how much of the book, like you said that everything that's in here for the most part is going to carry over. And I noticed that you had like a lot of collaborators on this. 
uh, and someone right. with like the coolest last name in the world, Greg, Greg Gorgon Milk, which like can't <laughs> right. be a real I, last name, but I is, believe uh, it's not his real name. Yeah. <laughs> But as far as I know, as far as you know, I was just like, that is a badass name. Um, and and I was like, kind of like, it seems like you're kind of flying more solo now. Um, yeah, is that something that was like a matter of choice, or is that something that, um, you just the, the evolution of uh, creative process? Um, I mean, yeah, so the Dolman Wood was original, like the original idea was created by me and Greg Gorgon Milk. Um, then kind of as, as the zine went along, it gradually kind of became more my thing. Like sure. I, was, I was the one who was writing most of the content in Wormskin. Um, and then like, I don't want to get into this, but that Greg had a big like controversial like blow up online. Uh. <laughs> and after that, we agreed to kind of, you know, that he would no longer be involved in it sure um so then then it became fully my thing um yeah so so the the material in the campaign books in the in the three hardcover books i guess it's like 98 percent written by me maybe sure and there's a few bits like contributed by other people over the years yeah there um, there was like one book that had like four different people and like you basically wrote the yeah, introduction uh, to it and i was like oh wow like and, and you know that's something that you know, when you did the uh, second Kickstarter for Advanced mm. uh, um, yeah. uh, Old School Essentials, which like, holy shit, if, if you guys haven't like figured it out that this is one of my like most favorite OSR things, please go out and like pre-order that and get on that now. Um, all of those like side books and everything are like, mm. it's it seemed like one of the most valuable Kickstarters I've ever backed. And then everything that you're doing on top of that, you know, working with like uh, Luca and, um, mm. and you know, the, the other two people on their books, like it's so exciting yeah. to have all these content made for this, uh, this one platform, but also yeah. the fact that you, you aren't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's an ego behind old school essential essentials. It feels like it is a necessity behind it. Like, no, this has to be out here. It has to be something that is for everybody. And the fact that you've, uh, you know, like just allowed other people to be part of its its history go going on to me, like speaks a lot about like where you're going to be going as a creator as like, you know, you have your ideas, but you you are built in that, that world of, mm. you know, let's let's break this thing. Let's have let's have fun with it. Let's experience new ways of looking. Yeah, at yeah, it. totally. And I, yeah, that, I mean, I, me, really, really I really inspiring. want to encourage people to you know publish stuff for old school essentials in the same style you know that you know old school essentials is kind of written and structured in a very particular way um, sure. and i really want to encourage other people to publish stuff like that um that goes along with it and also yeah for the like official old school essentials stuff um you know we definitely plan to publish more adventures written by other people stuff like this so that's awesome. Um, and are they all going to be published under the Necrotic Gnome publishing label? Is 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 that going to be something as well that keeps on getting bigger and more cool as it goes along? It's, yeah, it's it's something that's kind of growing gradually. Um, I mean, you know, I'm working with Exalted Funeral now. So the, the new adventures, say, from the Kickstarter last year are going to be like co-published Necrotic Gnome, Exalted Funeral. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a case of finding time and kind of people to help out with stuff. 
sure. you know that like i'm trying to write dolmanwood also i'm trying to run a business and like <laughs> you know just how, how many tasks can be piled up before i'm spending my days purely doing like admin stuff right. versus actually creating stuff so it's, <laughs> it's that kind of balance you know finding finding the right balance and finding the right people to work with kind of thing yeah, that, uh, it's got to be hard, man. I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't I'm, even. I'm imagine. moving relatively slowly on that. You know, I don't. I don't want to kind of jump into some like, oh yeah, we we just talk to, you know, we get at least like ten new people involved doing stuff, um, and you know, just find the quality goes off the rails or sure. the kind of focus kind of is lost somehow. Well, and um, it seems to have hurt some companies. Like, if you look at like Lamentations of the Flame Princess, like yeah. uh, uh, James Raggy or whatever his name is. I can't. Yeah. I never. It's a lot of letters and and consonants <laughs> and vowels and things. Um, he <laughs> he would do like, oh, you have a good idea. Here's money to go do this, and like. It mm. just it, it flooded his market with some actually yeah. really inspiring things, but it also like opened up the brand to so mm. much scrutiny. Uh, and you know, like eventually, yeah. like I don't know what the stasis of that game system is right now, but I know that it mm. is. Uh, you know, you can't talk about OSR without having the the controversies of you know lamentations mm. of the yeah, flame, flame yeah. princess really kind of mm. solely the conversation which i i mm. don't think is really fair to all the other yeah. creators because um yeah exactly there's a lot more going on in the old school scene you know? <laughs> right it's, it's not just about that kind of really edgelord kind of controversial kind of stuff <laughs> yeah i was like once I, I i like i said i came from like a background that was so stupid mm. in rpgs right. that it really i was like so nervous that i was gonna find more of that and like yeah, getting really yeah. really scared and mm. um and, and was like thrilled to realize that there is this like new socially conscious understanding that like you know uh, uh affiliations can hurt people and like you, you, we need to like be way more responsible about the content that we create um which which i you know even even with things like you know morkborg which is like f like fucking black metal <laughs> rpg even that yeah. comes from like this level of like uh altruism and support <laughs> you know we're mm -hmm. like it that didn't seem to be the case back in the day unfortunately right <laughs> so I don't know. It's to me, it's it's an such an inspiring time to be a part of this scene because um, it feels like all all bets are off the table. And if if you if you can't find something that works for you here, then it, it's probably just never going to work for you. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're in this incredibly rich kind of field now. I think this is the thing that you know the like so called OSR scene has been around for. I don't know, a decade plus now. Yeah. Um, probably getting on for 15 years if you go back to the kind of initial roots. And like, yes, yeah, so, so much has been produced in that time to cater to all different kind of tastes, really. So, and it's it's still going in so many different directions. Sure. Um, yeah, it's really, really amazing scene to be involved in. How, how, how do you feel about Kickstarter as your platform to get stuff off the ground? Like now that you've done a couple really mm. 
successful ones. Like it, yeah. it was so cool watching advanced fantasy take off the way that it did. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. We I, were, we were blown away. I mean, <laughs> it was so fast, you know, <laughs> especially given the year in which that happened. You know, yeah. I, I was before we launched, I was like, okay, COVID like people aren't necessarily going to be, want to be back in Kickstarter right now kept my expectations quite low you know yeah um and yeah i was just blown away by the response to it so <laughs> and i you know i got a lot of people into backing it as well i was like no like mm. this like 70 dollars gets you everything you need to play uh, it's like you you could buy one and a half magic uh you know regular fifth edition books at that price if you're right. paying for yeah. retail yeah and i was yeah. like and it's not everything and and like mm. Like these are, th- this is a fully realized game at this point. Yeah, and it plus comes adventures from, as well. Yeah, yeah, and and then the adventures on top of it. I was like, if you if you don't get on this now, like you're truly you are missing yeah. out on an amazing. Yeah, value. but by the time we got to the end and had unlocked all the stretch goals of the free adventures and stuff, it was like feeling like, yeah, wow, this is really good value for people. So, yeah. <laughs> do you ever regret that? Like, is there a moment where you like? Fuck, why did we promise so much shit like we, we knew it could, we like but now we're on the hook for all this extra stuff <laughs> yeah i mean i think we you know as you as you might have seen in the latest update there's been a delay with one of the adventures sure. with luca's adventure yeah um and you know it's difficult yeah obviously we'd kind of with with these extra stretch goals we were promising to produce a lot more material um <laughs> Of course, there are, there are risks with that. You know, sure. something could go wrong. Like, um, I, don't, I don't regret doing it. Like, the adventures are amazing. Like, I've seen like the three that are finished now are so good. Like, the artwork, the writing, everything. Like, they're super, super good adventures. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, I, I no regrets doing that. It's just a kind of risk of adding extra material to a Kickstarter, right? That like, you know, a delay can be brought in. Well, I think I think people are going to be super happy in the end. Sure. So. Well, and I, I've always like viewed like Lucas stuff as like he's more of like an tour. Like if you've yeah, read through, yeah, totally. uh, you know, Ultraviolet Grasslands, like yeah. that isn't like everybody complains about like the railroad and shit like that in D and D. Like that is a train that you get on and you like go on an adventure on that train. Like it, it has <laughs> a map for you that's laid out like it's you know it's three feet right. long and it's like no you're going from point a to point b and there's <laughs> something about that like to, like is so antithetical to the idea of like a free form rpg but also like at the same time i'm like super glad that that exists and when you start reading through it, you're like yeah. man there is so much thought that went into this and and yeah. it just like it may be a sandbox but i think it's more of a sandbox in the way that us like video game people can understand you know like you know, we have fun in Fallout New Vegas, but also like we need like a pretty clear like point A to point B yeah. to get yeah, to the destination. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that and that's yeah. something that he does. So like uh, you know, while it sucks that his won't be on the exact, you know, time frame as everybody else, I'm just like cool like get it right <laughs> like like yeah, if, exactly. if, if you're doing exactly. this the way that you did that and you have that sort of same sort of like thought process to it like i would rather it be done right and wait a little bit longer yeah exactly we we came to that kind of point where we were deciding like okay three of the adventures are ready lucas still kind of working on his yeah do we kind of try and like somehow crush him into finishing it <laughs> 
<laughs> or do we just let him have some more time to do it how he needs to do it? Yeah. And, you know, of course, the latter was t- totally the best option, you know. So, um, you know, we, w- we want to produce good stuff in the end. So. Yeah. So one of crushing my, writers is not the way to get good stuff. No, no, not at all. <laughs> one of my favorite things that uh, I've ran is uh, mm. hole in the oak for to get people oh, cool. into yeah, awesome. uh, like just like here's here's a thing and you can like insert it into anything. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know the the way that you like laid that out. It, especially for me being like, this is my first full time running a D and D campaign, you know, and yep. starting it off. Like I basically used it as like a fever dream to get people mm-hmm. into the idea of like playing a character, doing this thing, dealing with weird but, stuff, you know, like we weren't prepared. Like we, like I fudged so much stuff because like, I didn't know that I needed to have silver weapons on people and shit. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't <laughs> right, matter. Right. Yeah. Um, but we, we turned this like, like little thing that I think some people would probably just like, you know, beeline through. Like it was like weeks of us like playing and having fun and, you know, like having heretical gnomes, you know, <laughs> like we, we, we had them all get slaughtered by bats. Like we ran them back into the caves and then oh, the bats cool. just nice. like killed them all as they, they yeah. like hid in the room at the end and there's just like pile yeah. of dead bodies <laughs> like this is really funny and uh you know like it it became this like weird little playground that i had i had so much fun with and and i was just like this this sort of writing's really clever and like is that something that you're going to keep on like you know, having aspects like that for, for Dolmenwood, for, uh, you know, whatever, whatever this you're, cause you wrote uh, an adventure for um, advanced uh, old school essentials, yeah, correct? Incandescent grottos, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Is it going to have um, that same sort of like, like there's a momentum to it that like, it just didn't stop. Like every square inch had right. something that you could play with if you wanted to. And it just was, yeah, like, yeah. it was that's, great. That's kind of what I, what I aim for that even like, even an empty room, you know, I work with the, um, BX dungeon locking, um, procedure of like rolling to see what's in a room, like empty monster trap, um, or special, like weird stuff. (laughs) Um, so all my dungeons are stocked using that. I don't, I don't roll random monsters or random traps, but just that principle of like, you know, a third of the room should be empty. A third should be monsters. Yeah. One sixth traps, one sixth weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like to keep that kind of interactivity. Like for me, that's that's where the real fun of D and D is. Like, I mean, having fights with monsters is fun. Sure. You know, role playing encounters is fun. But like, um, I just love that kind of. You know, you're in a weird room and there's like fungus or like crystals or stuff or a pool. Um, you know, there's going to be something weird and special happens. <laughs> and just just that process of the players like investigating this and kind of. Um, you know, do do we touch the pool? Do we dive in it? Do we drink it? You know, this kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> well, I just love that. Stuff. 
the best part in this one was there's a, a hallway with a bunch of holes in it and you can reach your hands in to, be, yeah, to try yeah, to grab exactly. something. And then you basically uh, have them roll on the table. And it was so funny. Like uh, my, my 13 year old nephew ended up with a very large hand that was like <laughs> <laughs> hilarious and got in the way all the time because now he's more clumsy <laughs> and you know yeah. other people ended up with claws and, you know, just like yeah. really fun little stuff that I you know it, it took like almost an entire session of them laughing and having a good time <laughs> and i get like i there was it was moments like that that i was like this is way more fun than like sitting and playing some board games that are you know mm. super competitive and you know yeah. s- sometimes mm. full of just like total feel bads sort of things mm. like it didn't have any of that even when things were like right. dire and scary that like you have a, a sense of uh levity about it <laughs> like like the hunter has fucking yeah, ghost exactly. dogs yeah. ghost dogs are cool <laughs> you know it's like shit like that <laughs> i was like i love yeah, this yeah 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 i mean that's that's for me that's my real big kind of the kind of tone i go for like i would, I would say myself is kind of weird fantasy but it's not weird fantasy in the way that people normally think you know it's not like lovecraft or it's not <laughs> right, like right. horror kind of oriented sure but it's just kind of like quirky like you know weird stuff is happening you don't know what's going to happen but it's not super dark so yeah yeah, kind of exactly what you were saying yeah that's really what i like to go for I i think that's just fun you know yeah well and it's so unexpected and especially like 2020 was a heavy year it was a hard year Mm. and i i needed something like that i needed humor i and like as i was playing through it like there were certain things that like it, it felt like I was like playing like the labyrinth or something like that. Like a Jim Henson yeah, sort right. of like yeah, like yeah. levity. Like it there was humor yeah. and and yeah. wonder that and is, that is a massive influence for me, Labyrinth actually. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that has exactly the same kind of vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. Like this it, weird kind of mythic place where like, you know, you meet strange creatures and strange <laughs> stuff happens and the environment itself is like twisting and working kind of thwart you to some degree yeah but it's not like it's not vicious it's not dark no no and i think that that uh if that is the thing i mean because all of the 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 dolman dolman wood and um you know wormskid and stuff that i've i've written Mm. in uh the past a bit and just like I'm like, this is going to be that same thing. That kind of magical fae creatures, you know, like you have a whole book all about like the weird mushrooms and the psychedelic trips that you can go off of, (laughs) which is something that like, I started writing a book about like the drugs that you can take in uh in, right. in a D and D game because I was like, if there's yeah. one thing that I have experience with is doing too many drugs and trying to like play in bands. <laughs> like it's it's hard, and so like <laughs> right. I I understand like neg- you know minus two to char- charisma and bullshit like that. And so yeah. like w- when I was reading yours, I was like, this is it's the same thing. Like and and mm. and, and you kept it so light and so fun, and uh, mm. so like I'm. I can't wait for the next sort of thing. So, so when is, uh, uh, like Patreon's up now, anybody can join yeah. it, which I think is awesome. Uh, I need to get on that soon. I, I moved, I moved some of my subscriptions around so I can get part of that. Um, okay, right, cool. when is the, uh, when, when are you expecting to take that to Kickstarter? I don't know. Um, basically when it's ready. So okay. 
I'd I'd given kind of estimates in the past, but they turn out to be completely wrong. So um, so now I'm I'm just kind of saying when it's ready. Like it's another one of these things. Like we were saying about Luca. Like I don't want to kind of rush it to some artificial conclusion. Sure. Um, like I know what I'm doing. I've got a kind of structure very very well laid out now. Um, but I don't want to kind of you know say okay, it's going to be ready at the end of this year. And yeah. have to kind of crunch to kind of get it finished and not be happy with the result. You know, it's been it's been like five years or something. I've been working on it, so if it takes one more year, that's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, well, and it, it I, seems I like love it, what I'm producing, so I just want to give it the space to to do it justice. You know, right, right, and, and that's that's the way it seems like you have done with like all of your things. Like they all feel very mm. thought out and uh, and complete which I really appreciate, you know, it's, it always feels bad. Like, like I backed the, uh, um, carbon 2185, uh, Kickstarter mm. and within like yeah. two months, they had already were like, Oh, we have a bunch of revisions, you know, and things. I'm like, right. Oh, okay. that kind of sucks. <laughs> like, and, and yeah. that really isn't like the thing that happens, like besides maybe mm. a couple spelling errors, like, you know, nobody yeah, had yeah, to really yeah. repatch, you know, old school essentials. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. complete as is. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really amazed actually how little Rata came out when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, ironically, the only piece of what I actually consider errata rather than just like a typo or something came out just we'd printed the second printing of the rules tome. So those, those thousands of books that were, in the ship delayed on the way to the US just after those were printed, someone <laughs> found an, an actual slight error in the rules. And I was like, oh no, couldn't have reported this like a week before he could have fixed it. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, on things like that are always going to be part of it, you know, like they're, yeah, course, they're, it yeah, can't be. Yeah. I mean, look at Games Workshop, they release a full book for every faction you know mm. like several times a year and within like two weeks they have like oh we messed up all these things you need this big <laughs> right. faq to work your your new uh, army right, and, right. which like yeah. is one of those things that i i don't know i'm getting totally fatigued on the competitive war game scene because of stuff like that like i just mm, okay. i like i like the smaller scenes because they it doesn't have to be completely balanced it's mm. actually more fun if it's not balanced and right. you know uh you can have uh rules set up to make the teams that are not as you know potent you know be you know mm. still have fun and and that's right. what i felt like uh you know hole in the oak did like even the people that weren't the fighters who were ready for everything still managed to have fun and that's yeah. that's something that you just mm. don't see in and like a competitive game space and yeah 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 yeah. i I don't know maybe i think think that kind of same that same idea applies to dnd5 as well um, that it's you know three three four and five um that it's it's got this kind of mathematical underpinning to it yeah with this idea that everything everything has to be balanced and and all these people online you know, I'm I'm not a part of this, so I can't really speak about it. But from what I've seen a bit slash heard peripherally, you know, there's people who really will complain about, like, oh, you know, the ranger isn't balanced. It's got to be reworked and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a different kind of mindset, isn't it? You know, yeah. With the old school D&D, there's some vague idea of balance, but it's not 
it's not mathematical by any sense. <laughs> no, you know? like, no. Well, it was like it's I, about feeling. You know, I just did a five uh, e one shot, and I I was like, I want to be the thief because I just watched my you know in the game that we ran, the thief had way more fun than everybody else, and they could do right. like weirder things. And like, I'm not a big role play guy, especially on a, a one shot. Like, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm, like we're just rolling dice and killing things. It's fun. Uh, but I, I had so much fun because like the, the, the DM wasn't ready for literally everything that I did to come with all these like benefits of being, you know, small and like hard to hit. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I'm having way more fun right now with this. Everybody needs to be small in these games. <laughs> so we're, we're actually coming towards the end of our time here. Um, so something I like to ask people, uh, before we like move on with our lives and, and have fun and reintroduce ourselves with our families and everything is, yeah, have, um, have dinner. yeah, have dinner, all that. Uh, what is, what's your like goals with this? Like, are you, where do you want to take uh necrotic gnome? What, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Where, where, what do you want to see this become? Ooh, um, interesting. I guess in a way, I tend not to think so far ahead. Like, I've got so many kind of projects in mind mm -hmm. that I have to kind of keep focused on just the one or two current things. Sure, sure. Otherwise, I'll just like scatter off into a million pieces. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in terms of like what I would like to publish and how I would like to see old school essentials and Dolman would go, which are the two kind of big, big things right now. Um, I want to publish different, multiple different flavors of OSE. So at the moment there's the classic fantasy and the advanced fantasy. Um, next there will be a post apocalyptic version of the game, um, yeah. which will be like, the cool thing is they will all be totally compatible with each other. Mm -hmm. So it won't be like switching from D and D to gamma world where there's like, some rules are similar, some rules are different. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these will be designed that you can take a magic user from your classic fantasy game, slot him into the post-apocalyptic game, all the rules will mesh totally. Nice. Um, so that, that's the kind of aim with these different flavors. Um, so, I mean, e even if you wanted to, you know, carry on running your fantasy game, you could get the monsters and treasures out of the post-apocalyptic version of the game and just shove them in. You know, it's like weird alien artifacts, whatever. Um, so that that's one area I really want to kind of, you know, that's my vision to expand that. So I could imagine like a sci-fi old school essentials, like yeah. maybe some kind of Lovecraftian, like sort of Cthulhu-esque kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of different directions it could be taken in. So these different flavors, like, eventually I would foresee like a whole kind of library of different flavors that are all completely compatible with each other. I love, um, I love that idea. It's so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, that, that's always been the kind of vision, you know, of course it takes a long time and a lot of work and playtesting to produce each of these flavors. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the kind of longer term vision for the game. Um, for Dolmenwood. Yeah. I, um, of course, first is publish the three hardcover books um after that yeah i would i don't i don't envisage expanding dolmenwood in terms of like the world like i like that it's this limited kind of space i don't envisage spreading out and detailing more around it sure but it's so ripe you know i 
I would foresee a big line of adventures set in Dolmenwood. Um, loads and loads of possibilities for supplements, for new classes, magic, stuff like that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so I, get, I guess that kind of takes us to the next five or so years anyway. Sure. Um, beyond that, I don't know. Like, just seeing how things go. I, like I was saying before, I would like to have more people involved, um, writers, you know. Um, so it's not just kind of me trying to write as much as I can. Sure, um, <laughs> sure. But it's, again, it's kind of about finding the right people and the right kind of process for working. Yeah. Um, which was kind of what the experiment was about with doing these adventures from the Kickstarter last year, um, finding finding people to work with and like how how that process can kind of work. Sure. Is um, who is there any writers that you haven't worked with yet that you really want to that uh, like are are you have set your sights on and think that they'll fit in like either something yeah um, essentials or Dolmenwood? I'd love I'd love to do something with Ben Milton. Yeah, um, pressing beast. Like I love his stuff. I can't wait to see his um, his Kickstarter that's just um, fulfilling soon. The Waking of Willoughby Hall. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we have a very similar sensibility as well, like in terms of um, focus on usability and a kind of whimsical kind of fairy tale-ish kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd love to do something with Ben. Um, I'd love to work with, I, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce his name, actually, to be honest, Zedek, um, the like, I think he's Malaysian. Apologies if that's not where he's from, but so, somewhere in Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. Um, he's done stuff with um, Hydra Cooperative and like really, really creative stuff. Again, kind of with a magical, like folklore kind of oriented, but coming from a Southeast Asian kind of point of view. Sure. Um, so he's, he's someone else I'd love to work with. Um, Lawrence as well, the through Altan's door guy. Sure. Um, like Dreamlands. We've, we've took, me and Ben have talked about doing some stuff, but nothing has kind of come to fruition just yet. But I yeah. think that's, that's going to happen at some point. Have you uh, been paying attention to um, uh, uh, Trent from Miscast on, uh, you, on YouTube? He's doing his own, uh, it's called Arcane Ugly. He's using uh, mm-hmm. Nave from Ben Melton as like the the yeah, skeleton right. of of his yeah, thing, cool. and it's basically like a weird slotted, you know, magic mm-hmm. based game that you know mm-hmm. basically everything comes with consequences. So if you roll wrong, right. you might end up mutated and and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, have you have you paid any attention to his stuff? No, no, not heard of him actually. Uh, oh man, I, I I'll send you a link because uh, yeah, cool. he and again somebody who is just like breaking all the rules but has this really sweet sensibility to them like uh i i you know he he may have started off painting terrain for you know playing war games and stuff like that uh he has like far surpassed any of that stuff as far as like scope goes because um mm. you know and every time i see him do something i'm like i, I am inspired to do more work on my stuff right. <laughs> yeah 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 and like i said i think that that's one of the biggest strengths that you've given this community is like you know you've you've it feels like there was like a hard reset on osr after you did old school essentials bx uh you know like like it it feels like anything from the past anything that felt weird 
you can start over again. You can cherry pick the stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, um, veins of the earth, you know, with Patrick Stewart is, you know, such yeah. an amazing yeah. underdark, uh, you know, addition. It's like, you can pick the things that you want and put them all together into this, yeah. uh, uh, you know, narrative. And it's, um, and to me, it's like so exciting to be a part of. So thank you. Maybe. Thank you so much, Gavin. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you get on Pleasure. to dinner with your family. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Excellent. Thank Great you so much, you. man. <laughs>